Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Texas Ag Today here in this beautiful October week in Texas. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we are all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. The world record longhorn bull is found right here in Texas. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The fall armyworm is a common pest of Bermuda grass and many other crops in North and Central Texas. Given their immense appetite and great numbers, fall armyworms can damage entire fields in a few days. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson from Overton. Technology continues to advance for better crop quality and higher yields. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. But first, here's a look at news headlines. Cattle prices took a massive drop earlier this year thanks to COVID-19. But looking back on it, the markets worked like they were supposed to. That's the opinion of Randy Block of Cattle Facts in his recent address to the virtual Texas Cattle Feeders Association convention. The markets were priced in the worst case scenario. And if I could say it to you this way, this is exactly how I would explain it. The market priced in the worst demand in over 50 years. Yeah, I'll say it again. The markets, the futures markets priced in the worst demand in over 50 years. And again, we've been really fortunate we haven't ended up with that kind of demand scenario, but you can understand why the markets had to do what they did. And Block says that's in the face of record beef production this year. So we've gotten along very well in here. We've had record production levels, as I mentioned earlier. These are the biggest production levels we've had any time in history through the summer. And our markets have done a wonderful job of being able to absorb and navigate through that, even though we've still got a good chunk of that food service business is still not back online. Cattle Facts' Randy Block. USDA released its latest estimate for cotton production here in Texas last week. Texas upland cotton production now forecast at 6.1 million bales. That's 3% lower than 2019. The yield is averaging 761 pounds per acre, much higher than the 578 pounds last year. Acreage harvested 3.85 million acres. That's down 27% from last year. The world record longhorn bull is found right here in Texas. Jessica Domo reports. A Texas bull has set a new world record. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, Cowboy Tough Checks has earned the title of longest horn spread on a living bull with its 8.6 foot long horns. Cowboy Tough Checks was originally bred and raised in Oklahoma by Bob Loomis. He was later bought by Richard and Jean Phillip of Fayetteville. His horns were so wide, they actually had to buy the widest cattle trailer to safely and securely transport him home. 
For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. Fall armyworms can take out entire fields of Bermuda grass and many other crops here in Texas. Vanessa Olson has more on the fall armyworm problem from East Texas. Larvae of fall armyworms are green, brown, or black with white to yellowish lines running from head to tail. A distinct white line between the eyes forms an inverted Y pattern on the face. Armyworms are very small at first, cause little plant damage, and as a result, often go unnoticed. Larvae feed for two to three weeks, and full-grown larvae are about an inch to an inch and a half long. Fall armyworm outbreaks in pastures and hayfields often occur following rainfall. Hayfields with a dense canopy and vigorous growth are often more susceptible to armyworm infestations than less fertilized fields. Irrigated fields are also susceptible to infestations. Look for fall armyworms feeding in the crop canopy during the late evening and early morning and during cool, cloudy weather. When fields are wet with dew, armyworms can stick to rubber boots while walking through the fields. The key to managing fall armyworms is frequent inspection of fields to detect infestations. During their final two to three days of feeding, armyworms consume 80% of their total diet. The density of armyworms sufficient to justify insecticide treatment depends on the stage of crop growth and the value of the crop. Infestations of more than two to three armyworms per square foot may justify an insecticide application. If the field is near harvest, an early harvest rather than an insecticide treatment is an option. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension in Overton, 2020 was a challenging year for dicamba, with a California court effectively taking it off the market in all but one product. However, companies like Bayer are pursuing a re-registration for the product for 2021. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest today as part of Bayer's virtual media event is Alex Zenteno. She is with Bayer Crop Science, the dicamba product manager. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Roundup Ready Extend Crop Systems, and uh, specifically, Alex, uh, extending max herbicides uh, for uh, weeds and invasive species in farmers' uh, crop fields. Uh, talk about uh, the latest technology available uh, uh, for farmers uh, this season and, and how 2020 uh, progressed for them. Well, you know, farmers have expressed a lot of need and support for the dicamba technology, and 2020 was really both a very challenging and successful year. While we, along with other farmers and and really industry groups, were disappointed in the ruling from the Ninth Circuit, the silver lining is that there has been a tremendous outpour of support for the extent system, and it really highlights the need for choice in the marketplace, as well as the weed control provided to Texas farmers by the Roundup Ready Extent Crop System. In June, the Ninth Circuit uh, Court issued a ruling that vacated the Extendamax registration along with other low-volatility dicamba products. But fortunately, EPA issued an existing stocks order a couple of days later, which allowed Texas farmers to continue using the product until the end of July. So looking ahead to 2021 and the growing season, talk about uh, this crop protection tool for farmers and uh, what they can look forward to. When it comes to the seed, right, with the extent system, we continue to see strong yield and agronomic performance in both our um, extend um, soybeans, Extendflex soybeans, and, and of course our Extendflex cotton. But when it comes to Extendamax, right, BP is currently reviewing our submission in support of a new registration for 2021 and beyond. And our submission included new data and analysis, including by independent academics, 
which should allow EPA to make a science-based decision um, on a new registration for Extendamax. So when it comes to really the extent system, right, um, Bayer has always been focused on innovation, and this is not an exception. Um, on the seed side, we have ExtendFlex, still a planned launch um, for soybeans in 2021 with the addition of glufosinate. The bottom line, crop quality and higher yields for uh, farmers uh, across the board is what uh, you folks are looking at and, and farmers are, are wanting, right? Absolutely. When it comes to 2020, we continue to hear from growers that they're um, – very satisfied, right, when they um, purchase the Extend system, both the seed and Extendamax is provided, um, you know, very uh, strong yields and agronomic performance. Those comments again from Alex Zenteno. She is in St. Louis with Bear Crop Science. She is the Dicamba product manager. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. As the calendar moves further into October, the world's wheat harvest is all but wrapped up. Dr. Kim Anderson is a grain market analyst with Oklahoma State University. Normally when we get to October 1, we've got about 90% of the world's crop harvested. In other words, the northern hemisphere crops essentially in the bin. We've got a little bit of wheat left in northern the U.S. and Canada and a little bit in Russia, but about 88 to 90% is already harvested. We're projecting a 28.3 billion bushel crop. You can compare that to a five-year average of 27.6 billion bushels. I think there could be maybe some problems with quality or just the quality is not as good as it was last year. You look at Russia, some reports out of there, their quality may be a little lower, and of course our protein was relatively low. Countries in the southern hemisphere still have some wheat to harvest, but Anderson says it's almost complete. What we got left is Argentina and Australia for exportable wheat. You look at Australia, it's projected to be about a billion bushels, a little bit over that. Five-year average is 792 billion. Argentina projected 716 million bushels. Five-year average, 643 million. So uh, above average crop coming on the southern hemisphere. And that means that our harvest may only be 88% complete, but it's pretty well done. Anderson says wheat market analysts are keeping an eye on a couple of key market indicators. I think they're watching exports. Russia's projected to have a record exports coming out in September. Our hard red winter wheat exports are about 5% above last year. All wheat exports about 6% above last year. So the exports are looking relatively good. They're also looking at dry conditions. You go up to the hard red winter wheat area, about the last quarter of Oklahoma, all the way up to Canada, down into Texas is drought to the west of that. Russia's got some large wheat production area that's dry, and so the market's concerned about that. Dr. Kim Anderson, Grain Marketing Specialist with Oklahoma State University. Sign up for the 2021 Dairy Margin Coverage Program is getting underway this week. Gary Crawford reports from Washington. Dairy producers, you are just days away now from being able to sign up for the Agriculture Department's Dairy Margin Coverage Program for 2021. Richard Fordyce runs the USDA's Farm Service Agency. He told us that about 13,000 producers signed up for this 2020 program. It wasn't as high a sign up as we had in 2019. You know, we anticipate certainly lots of dairy farms taking a look at it and certainly hopefully signing up because we do believe it's a great tool, again, to provide some risk management coverage for dairy operations. And speaking of tools, he says they have an enhanced online tool to help you decide yes or no about the program and if yes, how much coverage to go for. Producers will be able to put their information, their own unique farms production information through the tool to make a good decision. It's available online at farmers.gov. Again, Fordyce says sign-up starts this Tuesday and runs through December 11th. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture.
Landowners must meet certain requirements to earn wildlife valuation. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have more on Texas Ag Today. And if you're calving out heifers this fall, it's important to know when to assist them in delivery. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd will have some heifer calving advice coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If you're calving out heifers this fall, you need to know when to step in and give them some assistance. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has some heifer calving advice. The answer to the question about when to assist heifers in calving is sooner rather than later. The sooner you check them and assist them if necessary, the more calves you will save. Also, it has been shown that the sooner you assist the heifer in delivery, the sooner the cow will breed back and the more milk they will produce for their calf. And this is really more of a dairy cow problem than a beef cow problem, as researchers at Colorado State indicate while beef producers emphasize calving ease when choosing bulls, dairy producers frequently are more concerned with breeding for milk production versus calving ease. The researchers say this is a concern because a difficult birth has a negative effect on milk production. One study showed 32% of dairy heifers required assistance in calving, while another study in Colorado showed 50% of the first calf dairy heifers required assistance calving. This is in contrast to beef cattle, in which one study showed only 17% of first calf beef heifers required assistance. A number of factors lead to calving problems, including oversized calves, incorrect alignment of the fetus with the birth canal, obese cows, and cows that have decreased contractions due to milk fever. Most heifers are still growing when they deliver their first calf, and their pelvis is much smaller than a mature cow. Also, the soft tissues of the birth canal have never been dilated, so there is less stretching possible. It is important to check heifers often and give them no more than one hour to calve before intervening. Ideally, heifers would be kept in a small area near a chute in case calving help is needed, so calving assistance can be available quickly. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Landowners must meet certain requirements to earn wildlife valuation in Texas. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. If you are considering a switch to wildlife valuation for your land, you may want to work with a biologist. Greg Simons, principal and GM of Wildlife Systems and Wildlife Consultants and president of the Texas Wildlife Association Foundation, explains. It's certainly good for a landowner who is considering enrolling under wildlife valuation to seek technical assistance uh, that may be from a certified state biologist or, or private biologist or just a qualified technician, if you will, someone that's familiar with the wildlife management field. The wildlife valuation can incentivize rural landowners to consider wildlife management practices. It can also help landowners afford to keep their property. But it's going to come at another price 
price. And it could be a financial price of having to pay to, to integrate some of those practices, or it might come at a sweat equity price of just having to put a lot of elbow grease into the work that's required to meet those practices. So I feel like it's a viable option for a landowner that is not familiar with traditional ag practices that own a property that they just don't have interest or feel comfortable raising cattle or goats and sheep or perhaps farming it or being in in a silviculture kind of business if they're in East Texas. This is a great option for them to look at. And for those landowners, it's probably going to be a bit more congruent on why they own it. Because if they own some open space out in rural Texas and they're not into traditional ag practices, they probably own it for wildlife or recreation or aesthetic purposes. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. The cattle market traded both sides unchanged, but we ended up closing higher while the cotton market continues to climb. We'll take a complete look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. And we're back looking at another lopsided matchup, Jim. Today we have a combine taking on a train. Yeah, that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine. No competition there. Right, especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train. That's 18 football fields. It's no contest. Every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks, think train. This message brought to you by Operation Lifesaver. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Well, the cattle market traded both sides of unchanged throughout the trading day, but we actually ended up closing higher in both live and feeder cattle futures. October live cattle up 47, 108.82. December up 40 at 111.22. February up 57 cents, 113.65. Higher close in the feeder market. October feeder cattle up 82, 138.12. November up $1.27 at $136.82. January feeder cattle up $0.57, cents, $134.22. Cash fed cattle market still at a standstill on Tuesday. We do see a few bids coming from the Packers. They're offering 107 in Iowa, 108 here in Texas. However, the feedlot's hanging on, trying to get a few more bucks this week. Asking prices from the feedlots this week so far, 111 to 112. Boxed beef prices mixed. Choice down 70 cents, 213.92. Select up $1.09, 201.43. Let's check a couple of feeder cattle auctions now. Live Oak Livestock Auction, Three Rivers, Texas, selling 1,498 head this week. The trend was steady. Two to 300 pound steers brought $1.26 to $1.80 a pound. Three to four weights, $1.22 to $1.70. Four to five weight steers, $1.16 to $1.64. Five to 600 pounders, $1.04 to $1.46. Six to seven weight steers, a dollar four to a dollar thirty, with seven to eight weights bringing ninety-two to a dollar twenty-eight a pound. Slaughter cows twenty to fifty-four cents. Slaughter bulls fifty-eight to seventy-eight. Stocker cows five twenty-five to eleven hundred a head. Cow calf pairs seven seventy-five to thirteen twenty-five a pair. 
Nixon Livestock Commission, Nixon, Texas, 1,264 head this week. The trend there steady as well. Two to three weight steers, $1.14 to $1.78. Three to four weights, $1.24 to $1.78. Four to five weight steers, $1.10 to $1.68 a pound. Five to six hundred pounders, $1.04 to $1.40. Six to seven weight steers, $1.01 to $1.33. And seven to eight hundred pounders, $1.02 to $1.27 a pound. Slaughter cows, 17 to 60 cents. Slaughter bulls, 50 to 82. Stocker cows brought 450 to $900 a head. Now let's head back over to the board where lean hog futures close lower. October lean hogs down 37 cents, 77.80. December hogs down 47, 66.15. Class 3 milk was higher. October up 3 cents, 21.20. November milk up 17 at 20.65 a hundredweight. The cotton market continues to climb higher, knocking on the door of 70 cents. In fact, some of the deferred contracts have actually traded at or above the 70 cent mark, but on our nearbys, we're getting awfully close. Traders still waiting to see what kind of damage was done to the Mid-South cotton crop by Hurricane Delta. We close with December cotton up 46 points, 68.83. March cotton up 46 at 69.64. Dry weather continues to be the dominant factor in the wheat market. Kansas City wheat closing slightly higher. Dry weather in wheat-producing areas around the globe, including Russia, Canada, and Spain, and right here at home in the western U.S. We close with December. Kansas City wheat up three quarters, 531 and a quarter. New crop July wheat up one and a half, 552 and a half. The corn market closing higher. December corn up two and a quarter, 391 and a quarter. In the energy markets, November natural gas down five cents, two eighty-two. November crude oil up eighty-six, forty twenty-nine a barrel. And in the financial markets, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down eighty-eight points, twenty-eight thousand seven forty-nine. The Nasdaq up thirty-eight, eleven thousand nine fourteen. The S&P five hundred down eleven, three thousand five hundred twenty-two. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up yet another episode of Texas Ag Today. We appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. Be sure to check us out again tomorrow when we'll bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.